act. So you've done an excellent job of building a, building a, a, a group of faculty for your conference. <laughs> I put together a team coach. That's what I do. I recruit, I get them on the court, I get them to play defense and we win championships. That's right. I know so that's I know what we're doing at the create conference. Good. Good. I know a little bit about that. <laughs> yes, you do. I, and, and hopefully today we'll talk a little bit of basketball and uh, you know, I mean, at a modest uh, 154 and 80 record. Nice. 658 winning percentage, you know. Had I a love lot it. of fun. I love a lot it. of good girls, a lot That's of talent. Right. A lot of D1 recruits. Boy, exciting. It. Until it stressed me out. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Anyways, great. So um, so before we start, really, uh, so that you know, the um, playing field on this podcast is wide open. Um, you know, no uh, restraints on language, subjects. Uh, you know, obviously we try not to put others down. That's probably the biggest thing. And I know you're of the same values. And um, I'm not here to sell, create conference or whatever. I'll probably mention it at the very end, just like, hey, I really appreciate you coming and ask you what create means to you. <clears throat> um, but otherwise, it's really just about you and getting to know each other and letting our audience get to know you. And, you know, Good. anything you want to plug or pitch or this or the other, please be my guest. Okay. All right. Sounds What's like your it. wife's first name again? Adelie. Adelie. Yep. Natalie. With Natalie. An yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Good. That's right. Because <clears throat> she lives with a monster. Oh, yeah. All right. Good. I'm going to leave my glasses on because we're not videoing uh, okay. so that you know. Uh, I'll probably take a screenshot or two just so that I have like, you know, okay. good smile, coach. Yeah. Boom. Boom. <laughs> All right. There we go. All right. So. <clears throat> I'm going to, uh, in the very beginning, just uh, do a very quick, short intro of you and then ask you to kind of intro yourself. And um, I'm going to just do a countdown so we get the cut in the recording, okay? Perfect. Welcome to the Create Your Future podcast, where we talk to entrepreneurs about their origin stories, about their futures, and about what they can do for you to help you create your own future, because I believe that we can impact the world by creating a whole bunch of new entrepreneurs out there. And today we are blessed to have a magnanimous figure in the coaching world. He goes by coach, Coach Michael Burt. Sir, you are a monster producer. You have a monster academy. You are just a plain old monster but one of the friendliest monsters I ever met. Coach, thanks for being on the show. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. I don't know if my staff would say that this morning. I kind of came in on fire this morning. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, uh, that, that, that's one characteristic of a high D, right? They got a little bit of frustration about them because things ain't moving as fast as they want to. So. Thank you for having me. I'm a big fan of yours and, uh, and, and, and big fan of your work. So, so I'm honored to be here. And likewise, thank you so much. So coach, let me ask you a question. What is it that is your core service to the world? Yeah, at, at my core, I'm a, I'm a pure coach, okay? I was a women's basketball coach for, for over a decade, uh, built a championship, national championship program, and I really did it through inter-engineering people through the whole person. So I really have a deep understanding of the body, the mind, the heart, and the spirit, and how to touch all four parts of a person's nature, mm. and a specific ability to to activate the prey drive in a person, which mm. is an instinctual ability for them to go to see something and have the fortitude, persistence, and the intensity to go get it. So that's what we do every day. We coach individuals and businesses 
really to activate that prey drive through a set of about five structures that we're coaching people on. Interesting. So let me ask you a question. I know you're talking prey like P-R-E-Y, like the lion after his prey. Yes. Did that come from basketball coaching or did that come after you started to meet these like high powered executives who needed to go out and sell for blood? Well, it, it's, it kind of come, you know, I tell people sometimes you don't find your, your purpose, your purpose finds you. And I was been asking myself over the last five years, what do we really do for people? What have I been doing my whole life since I was 15 years old? And I came across this concept of prey drive. Prey drive is prevalent in animals. It's prevalent in a dog. A dog has a prey drive, which is its ability to, to find, stalk, kill, bring home prey, right? True, and I'm, yeah. sitting here, I'm sitting here looking at this concept and I'm going, I've studied every motivational theory out there. And what we're really trying to do or what we've been doing for the last 20 something years is I have been activating that prey drive in people. I've activated in my wife who is now writing her own books, doing her own conferences. I've activated in some of the top people I coach, which is this curiosity that people have to go to want more, improve their wantingness. So that's kind of where I came across that. So I'm really trying to be known, David, in a world as the number one activator of prey drive in the world. Wow. Okay, good. And that, that really aligns with your uh, concept theory mantra that I see, which is that everybody needs a coach in life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I believe that at my core, I, I believe left to our own devices. We all contract and retreat to a place of comfort. I don't mm -hmm. believe we can reach our own potential without the help of a guide, without the help of a person challenging us. And I think that theory would be backed up statistically by the number of athletes that have coaches and, uh, you know, the training that the military goes through, Olympians, you know, I just really believe that we can't get to the next level without a person in our life that's helping us find and fill our missing structures. True that. And I think both of us from being, you know, I also coached women's basketball uh, for many years and, uh, you know, experienced championship levels. I didn't wear my ring today. You're wearing your ring. And, and you know, it's a prop. Always got that as it's, a, you it's know, a prop. I wear, the, I wear the ring as a prop because it ain't comfortable to wear it. And when I eat lunch, I was having lunch with, with, with a guy today who's probably worth, I don't know, 30 to 50 million. And uh, just a common, regular dude who just went out there and through commercial real estate has become very wealthy. And when I eat lunch, I take off my rings. My wife is always afraid I'm going to take my, my, lose my wedding ring, but I take the rings off and I set them down on the table. Uh, mainly because the championship ring is so gaudy and so big, it just weighs me down. It gets in the way, so I take it off a lot. True that. Yeah, no, I, I really can't wear it anywhere. It's just, I'm not big enough phone. It's, it's crazy. But, you know, uh, I, got a, I got a ring when our team won the championship and we, uh, we, I was blessed to win coach of the year that year and nice. uh, sure. make it on ESPN and the whole nine. And that is, it, it's amazing how that for me uh, was an inner motivation to be able to know that I could achieve more when I became an entrepreneur. Yeah. Because I had a day job at the time. I was just a president of a big company and growing it. And before I took that leap and then built my wings on the way down, I realized that, hey, I can use this skill and this ability to now be a successful entrepreneur. What was it for you that really was that uh, turning moment where you said, okay, good, I can apply this to business. I get, I get the concept that you knew you could transition these to business but when did you just say okay good i'm all in on putting it into business yeah and you know i really to be honest with you i didn't know that i could transition it into business it kind of happened when i was 25 years old because i was uh, a young coach 
You know, I started coaching at 15. I was a head coach at 21 or 22. Wow. And because, because I, I had so much experience, I said, man, there's really not a, a, a blueprint. There's not a, a, a manual. There's not a guide. So I wrote my first book when I was 25 called Changing Lives Through Coaching. It was, it was really meant for other coaches, <laughs> like young coaches. Like here, here's what I've learned in the last 10 years. And what happened to me is we couldn't sell it to coaches. Coaches <laughs> wouldn't buy it. And, but who did buy it or it got in the hands. I don't even know if they bought it, but it got in the hands of, of managers and business people. And I began getting these phone calls like from Dell incorporated at that time, state farm, uh, you know, brands you would recommend and they would be people, business owners or managers of divisions and say, Hey, I got this little book coaching. This was back in the, you know, uh, early two thousands. So business coaching wasn't as prevalent then as it is today, right? Like it was a new concept yeah, yeah. from 99 to, you know, 04, 05. It was, a, it was just happening in America. So they would say, will you come down and speak to my people? And I would go down and speak, you know, for an hour on the book and the principles of kind of engineering people. And people began to say, well, how much would it cost us for you to coach our team? And I had no pricing model. I had no idea. And I was speaking in West Tennessee to a nursing home group. And I remember it like it was yesterday. They paid me 1500 bucks for the whole day. And I thought that was a lot of money. And on the break, the CEO said, I need to talk to you for a second. And I said, sure. She said, we want you to be our coach for the next year. And I said, what does that look like? She said, for one week a month, I want you to come to West Tennessee, coach all of these nursing homes. All, everybody in the nursing home, the administrators, the, the nurses, the, the staff. And I said, well, how, you know, how's that look? And she says, we're going to pay you, you know, $144,000. We're going to pay you 12000 a month to be our coach for one week a month. I was and this is, you had not given them any proposal. You had just showed no, up for one event. Yeah, showed up for one event. And, and, and I said, but I'm still a head coach. Like, how can I, you know, like, how can I do it? But, but to your question. You're trying to talk her out of paying you. Yeah, I'm like, I don't, I don't know how I can, you know, I was making 55 or $60,000 as a high school coach. She's offered me 144,000 for a week's work. And I'm sitting there and, and, but that was really the moment where I said, man, I could do something with this. If people are willing to pay me that much money to be their coach, I can leverage every bit of being a, a, a successful coach. And it really just wasn't a coach. And there's a lot of coaches that don't know the psychology I do. They don't, they don't know how to engineer people. They really haven't done the hard work to have a methodology, you True. know, but, but I had done all of that to, to really be ready for the business world. Nice. Absolutely. And so kind of going back before that, you said you started basketball coaching at 15 years old. So that is, uh, that's remarkable because I remember where I was at at 15 and I could barely, uh, you know, think of anything besides getting a, a ball in the net and, uh, and of course, looking for um, what next girl I was going to be with. Right? Yep. So I, that, I, had uh, no I was right there with you. I, I had right a lot of faults, but you took on coaching. What, what, uh, what drove you to do that? Uh, you know, my, my story of origin starts as early as six years old. When I was on a baseball field, I was raised by a single mother and who, who had a very high prey drive. She worked two and three jobs. We have that in common me, as well. Yeah. She used to take me down to the local local baseball field, and I would literally stay for hours. Like most kids at after school go home and do whatever. I would go down to the ball field, and my mom would go to her second job. And I would stay down there. And there was one woman down there that was also a, a little league coach named Mickey Vinson. And Mickey Vinson kind of took me under her wing and served as a surrogate parent to me and fed me and taught me everything, a lot of things. And she kept saying to me, son, one of these days when you grow up, 
you're going to be a great coach. One of these days, you're going to be a great coach. She said, I had a curiosity about me. She said, I want to answer all the questions. She said, I was already directing the other kids. And so at 15, I get a phone call one day from one of those little league baseball coaches. And he said, I'm, they've asked me to coach junior pro basketball. And I don't know anything about basketball. Will you help me? Because I was a little point guard on the basketball team. And uh, he said, I know you got this sports background. And I, and I said, sure. I'd love to. And I, and I went down there to coach junior pro basketball. And the second I started coaching, I loved it. I, I knew it was my voice in life. I knew I had found my purpose. I knew this is what I was supposed to do. Like it, it wasn't like I need to go through these seven things to figure it out. It's like, <laughs> this, is it. this is it. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Wow. That is absolutely incredible. And, and I really, really understand. It's amazing how much of our background is the same. And, and was that in Murfreesboro, Tennessee as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's where my mama was born, right down the street from the Samsonite factory I used to yeah. be there. So we That's definitely right. have, uh, you know, aligned paths, uh, you know, along the way. So what, um, what would you say not, not origin story wise, but now you've come a long way. I mean, you're, you're on your second plane, you're doing events, probably more events than there are weeks in the year. You are uh, real successful. Your wife is writing books that say, Hey, look, I'm married to a monster, uh, you know, in a good way. And uh, you've got your second child on, uh, on the way. Congratulations. God bless. That is, that is really amazing. And, um, and so you're, you know, you're on this trajectory that is uh, a real rocket ride. What is your, uh, and, and this I mean, and I'm not trying to like pull from you, like what are you afraid of or what are you, you know, worried about, but as far as framing it as advice to other entrepreneurs who are coming along and they get on that rocket ride, what are the things that either you have in preparation or you've seen along the way that you didn't have in preparation? So the speed bumps to look out for, Coach. Yeah, I mean, I, you, you mentioned it. My wife has a book out called Living with the Monster, and it's really how to thrive in partnership when you're married to an obsessed person or obsessed personality like mine. Uh-huh. You know, me, we are on a rocket ride, but it's never going fast enough. Yeah. And, and I'm on this kind of trajectory I call going from a, uh, trying to go from a baby star to a big star. And which means I say yes to almost everything. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and if you call me right now and say, man, I got a huge opportunity and I need you to come to Arizona or I need you to come to Florida or I need you to come to wherever, you know, my standard default answer is I'm in now, <laughs> right? Like the answer is yes. Now tell me what the question is. <laughs> well, when, you know, and, and we and, really did that. That's why you're coming to speak at my conference. Yeah, I was like, yeah. what are you doing coach? And then yeah. your team called me and they're like, I don't know if he's really available, even though he said yes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because, because, because that starts my, uh, that starts my, my daughter's uh, spring break. Oh, so, Lord. you know, so, but I got it all worked out with the wife, but really the, the, the advice I have is we do have a lot of these hard conversations in, mm-hmm. in my, in my, my wife just got home from a Rachel Hollis conference and, you know, you know, we, it is tough when, when you're married to a person that, that is really literally willing to do whatever it takes to, to impact people. Mm-hmm. And so the balance of, of being a dad and being a good husband. And, you know, I think, I think I've tried to include my wife and my family as much as I can. It's one reason I got the plane uh, is because, you know, I want to see my daughter more. But if you look at my next seven or eight days, I'm in eight different cities. Uh, and, and it's tough. The month of January, I'm gone 20 to 25 days, the month of January, speaking at big conferences. And so the advice I would give people out there is, is A, you need to make sure you marry well. 
<laughs> because I That's think my wife is relatively low maintenance. Although although she says I'm high high maintenance, I think she's she's kind of low maintenance. But she does. You really need a partner. We're gonna, to we're gonna have to have Natalie on the podcast next to get oh, the yeah. other side of the story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, but but. Uh, you know, I think that's a that's a big lesson for people is how do you put it all in the box? I'm doing an event with Jim Shields this year, who wrote oh, the book Your him. Family Board Meeting. You know him and Board Meetings Summer. International. Great and guy. I'm bringing him in for that reason. Like I want to learn from him. I I I, I want to know how to scale a business and a company without leaving your family behind. I mm-hmm. want to know how to include. I want to know how to have the the relationship with my kids. I want to know how to do that. So, you know, from 20 to 30, David, I didn't have a family. It mm-hmm. was me. I could put 80, 90, 100 hours into my work and not think anything about it. So now I have to think through these things a lot more. And I think that's an important piece. Awesome. Yeah. And I understand that because I punched a clock for somebody else until I was 40. My first book wasn't written until after I was 40. All this entrepreneurial life has been just the last 10 years of my life. And uh, I feel incredibly excited to be able to now, uh, you know, walk with kings like you, you know, we've, we've got quite a, a lineup of people coming in in March for our event. And uh, we've got, uh, you know, so many experiences along the way of seeing each other share and I learn from you and uh, I know you learn from so many others. Let me ask you a question, which would be um, with regards to, so you gave some advice there that was great, which was really Make sure that you marry well. Make sure that you, you know, spend time with your family once you do marry well or whatever so that you keep that marriage, right? But what about the business side of it? Do you, and you said you just go yes for everything, but at some point, do you make sure that everything you're doing aligns with your goals, your purposes, your track, or at times do you find yourself straying off, you know, onto some other's plan? Yeah, I think... I, I think there's a lot of core alignment. I think when conflict happens, it's because two people don't believe the same things. Mm. You know, so so it's very important that you line up on what you believe with who you partner with. You know, 2019 was actually a really really tough. It was a great year for me, but it was a really tough year for me. Mm. I had uh, I had uh, business partners that I had to break up with that that, that was not fun. It was really taught me the, the the first time I'd ever really operated at that level. Uh, I had, you know, deals that didn't go through. I had, uh, you know, I really had a lot more adversity in 2019 than I've experienced in a while. Uh, I showed a significant jump in my business in 2018. In 2019, we came back and we held our position pretty strong, but I spent a million more dollars in 2019 than I did in 2018. Wow. uh, When we actually did produce a significant more amount of money. And wow. so it had a lot to do with, did I have the right people on the bus? Did I have the right people in the right positions? Did I have, you know, what, what did I really learn? Where do we need to cut? You know, I told my new president, I named a new president of the company over the, over the break. And I said, you know, I want you to find at least a quarter of a million dollars of just wasted expense that we're spending that we could get rid of tomorrow. Uh, you know, so it just, I let things get a little too bloated. I let, you know, I let, I felt like we wasted money. I felt like we didn't have some key things in place, you know, so it was a, it was a, it was a true learning, learning season for me. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you a question, coach, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot or get too deep, but do you feel that um, when you get into situations like that, of like this spectacular 2018 or whatever, that ego starts to move in or that the, you know, the, the, uh, the spoils of uh, five-star results, uh, resorts or, you know, a plane or any of these things, do you, do you feel that gets in the way at all or do you experience that at all? 
Well, you know, it's interesting. In 2019, I grew, I grew my net worth pretty significantly in 2019 through the real estate holdings that I purchased. But I was telling my president the other day, if it wouldn't have been for the 2018, that was just ridiculous. I, we wouldn't have been able to withstand all the blows we took in 2019, right? Mm. So I don't, I'm, because you and I are both former coaches, I, I, don't, I don't buy a lot of my own hype. I, I don't allow myself to become complacent. I don't read my own press clippings as I used to tell the players. Because I come from that background, it, it was nothing to win a game on Tuesday night, buy your own hype, and turn around and get beat on Friday night mm -hmm. by somebody who shouldn't. So I kind of have a theory of I go to bed tired and I wake up hungry. It all goes to zero at midnight. Um, and uh, there comes a time when winter asks what you did all spring and summer. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think I really, we had a, I think I just, I put some people in leadership positions that maybe weren't in alignment with me. We weren't completely in alignment. So when I was out on the road, they were actually moving in a different direction. My team was confused some because I'd had this misalignment going on. Um, and I, I, I feel like I didn't crack down on what we were spending money on. And, and there were some, just, just some big, I entered in some bad partnerships that I didn't do my due diligence on. Uh, and I got burned a few by a few folks. So yeah. I think that's part of growth, though. When you when you start to really get out there in the world and do something, there are people that want to latch on to that. And if you're not careful and you don't do your due diligence, you don't have the right protection around you. I think you got to learn the hard way sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And and once again, I'm not trying to dive into your personal business or this that either. But I think you know our audience being you know, aspiring entrepreneurs and new entrepreneurs and, and people who are taking that leap, they've got to hear the inside stories from us. They've got to know that uh, it's not all, you know, uh, you know, uh, getting on stage with Snoop Dogg, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know, I mean, you know, like... I, was, I was down there selling this morning. I, I was in the office selling, you know, 1497 coaching packages. <laughs> like it's not all, it's not all private jets. And, you know, my theory is I try to get my sales team to one, to, to 1.2 million of sales per mm -hmm. salesperson. Okay. So I tried to give them 5,000 a day, 5,000 a day is 25,000 a week, 25,000 a week. You know, you got a hundred thousand a month times 12, 1.2 million of commissionable income. That means the salesperson is going to make 120,000 plus their base. So they're going to make 150, $160,000 working for me. Mm -hmm. But, and, and listen, I said, I don't care if you do it by selling 25 K coaching packages. We sold four of those last week. Or if you're selling 1497 coaching packages for our basic level, I'm down there selling both of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it excites me to sell a book. Like I, yeah. I'll, I'll be down there with them selling exactly what they're selling. So I get, I do what I tell other people to do. Like yeah. I prospect every day. I try to close people in the pipeline every day. I service customers every day and I love on my biggest 25 people every day. I yeah. mean, I'm trying to never be a hypocrite and tell people to do things I'm not doing personally. That's true. And you and I have had a conversation about the, the, the real reward is those customer service calls or those, you know, uh, success stories that come in from those that you've helped and that's what makes it so easy to go down and sell anything, whether it's, you know, 997 or it's, you know, general admission for 200 bucks, you know what I think? And, and whether the event is 14 people or 1400 people that you're always delivering in abundance. And that's something I, I really admire about you. Uh, yeah. And let me speak to that. Let me speak yeah, to that. Please. Because one of the largest contracts, there's a big lesson for the audience. One of the largest contracts I ever signed. The two largest contracts I've ever signed. One, I did a workshop for two people. Wow. Right? And, and it was many years ago on a book I wrote called This Ain't No Practice Life. And my assistant tried to get me to cancel it. And I said, no, these two people paid their 50 bucks 
like I said, this was 10 years ago. <laughs> and one of the people in the room was a CEO of a $40 million company. And she came to me on the break and she said, you're exactly what we've been looking for. I want you to come in and train all of our employees. It was a four year contract. Um, you know, it's worth maybe half a million dollars over four years. And uh, the other one, the, the second biggest contract I ever signed came from a speaking engagement I did where I thought I was incredibly average. I, I, I we power- never think that about ourselves, do we? <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't get my PowerPoint working. I couldn't connect to the audience. I couldn't make it work. I, and, I, and I came off the stage and got into the audience. And I said, man, I just got to salvage this because it's so bad. And, uh, and I left there. I, we didn't sell anything, David. We didn't sell books. We didn't sell coaching. Well, I left there thinking, man, I was terrible. And on Monday, the CEOs of a, of a $25 million insurance company called me and said, we loved it, we loved you, you're exactly what we've been looking for, and, and we ended up signing the second largest contract I've ever signed from that engagement. So here's the lesson, even, even when you show up and you don't feel like you're good, you can always bring energy, you can always bring a perspective, you can always bring mindset, you can always just show people you're working hard, man, you're working hard for those people. And, and I think I do take a lot of pride in, in showing up no matter how big the audience is and, and giving my best effort. Guaranteed. Absolutely. And if anyone follows you on social media, uh, they know that uh, wholeheartedly because half of your life is on social media, I must say. Everything from your workouts to your, uh, your morning drive and, uh, and coaching your daughter uh, to yep. get that left-handed dribble going. So she's That's doing right. real good with that, I must say. Uh, right. At Michael Burt, and the Michael is M-I-C-H-E-A-L, little yep. reverse there, boom. Michael Burt, at Michael Burt, and then CoachBurt.com. And if you go to CoachBurt.com, it's got all of your programs, all of your books, all of your materials. Now, one that's in particular that I I think at least needs to be uh, brought up is this new facility for training right there on site. Tell me about that, will you, Coach? Yeah, well, I had a vision a few years ago of building these greatness factories, and um the Greatness Factory is a unique destination location where it has nine different revenue sources. So there's a, there's a meditation spa, there's a gym, there's a uh, shared office space, podcast studios, training facility, and it was in one location. So think of it like a little city. Almost like an incubator, but yes. for already established business. That's right. Yeah. I yeah. love that. And, a yeah. little and, city. And so our, our, it's a little city and you think, well, who's going to come to the Greatness Factory? People that want to be great. People, we didn't call it the complacency factory or the mediocre factory. You know, we call it the greatness factory. And so, you know, the concept is, you know, who are we going to attract? So every every day I'm on the phone with people. So ultimately the goal is to build these. We're looking at Nashville. We're looking at Houston, Texas. Uh, I'd love to put one in Arizona. I'd love to put one in Florida. And ultimately these will be franchised or licensed once we can prove the model that we can, you can generate money in nine different ways there and it's mm-hmm. your own little success shop now because here's the deal where do you where do you live right now because i've seen you in florida Miami. <laughs> yeah. okay. right? I, I live in miami i live on the beach okay. in miami i okay. travel all around the world <laughs> okay so so you got a beautiful place in miami because i've seen the views and i'm seeing you out there and it's and i love miami i love the energy of miami and trust me at some point in my life as soon as i can get my wife on board i will have a place in miami okay okay uh, there you go so so think about this though let's say a person in Miami decides they want to be great. They want to reach their potential. Mm -hmm. They want to grow. They want to expand. Where do they go? 
Now, I want you to think about this because this is the problem I'm trying to solve. Well, my now, office is at 1 1. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're on Aventura Boulevard. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, when a, person, when a person makes this decision, they can't go down to the YMCA. That's true. They can't go to their local church. That's true. They, they can't go, like, like, it's like, where do I go? Like, I have people in my city, I live about 30 minutes outside of Nashville. People all the time are like, I, you know, I didn't even know it existed. Like, mm -hmm. I've been looking for a place to go to manufacture my greatness. I've been looking for a place to go to get involved with something. Mm -hmm. I've been looking for a place to go to get around other big thinkers. Mm -hmm. and, and that greatness factory is really that. So it solves the problem of, of you know, somewhere is, that's stable that you can come to on a consistent basis uh, and, and grow with a community of, of like-minded people. That's that's actually that's fabulous. That is absolutely positively amazing, and and we'll do a call at a later time. I've got a great feeder line for that as well. That I think uh, because we've got our create network and community that uh, you know is going to be doing training or what have you and accountability with each other, and it would be perfect for them to have a spot to land like a greatness factory. So I'm really glad sure. that you're committed to that. It's almost like having the five star basketball school, you know, absolutely where you go and you next level like a well the funny joy. thing yeah the funny thing as you're talking about this a few you know a month ago or so my daughter you know my daughter's only seven and she's very <laughs> she's got a she's a leo she's a firstborn leo she's got a high you know i could go ahead and so you mean she her. can already dunk on kobe is that what I, you're saying I, let me tell you something i could go ahead and tell you my daughter's disc profile right now okay <laughs> and, and you know so she gets real she gets real strong and then she gets emotional and then she gets this and and and, and one saturday she you know, get into an argument with their or, or little buddy that lives beside of us and they love each other. Then they hate each other. Then they love each other. There's two girls, you know, and they're going yeah. back and forth. And she came home and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to Google who is the number one person to coach kids for emotional toughness in our market. Cause I'm going to send my daughter to this person and I'm going to let them work on her emotional intelligence. Cause I'm her dad. Right. Mm -hmm. And I know she needs it. Well, I go, I go online on Saturday. I Google emotional toughness for kids. Right. Number one expert for emotional toughness. And here's the, here's the bad news. It was me. I was the number one person. And so I was like number one on Google, number two, number three, number four. Oh, my Lord. I'm like, if I'm the number one expert for this, then we're in trouble because I'm looking at my daughter. Oh, man, coach. All right. So we could talk for absolutely hours, but I know that uh, – Listeners typically like take this on a drive to work. And so they like it in bite-sized pieces. So we're going to leave them hanging and waiting for more, but they should absolutely follow you on social media at Michael Burt. And they should probably come to the Create Your Future Conference, March 27th to 28th of 2020. And that is in Phoenix, Arizona. It's actually Tempe, Arizona, but it's nine minutes from the airport at nice. the Tempe Center for the Arts. Uh, they can sign up to see you and a whole host of other speakers live and really up close and personal. This venue, one of the things I love about it is the furthest seat in the house, which is only a $197 ticket, is 50 feet from the speaker. So they're gonna be up close and personal with Coach Burt. And I know you're the type of guy who's gonna be sitting in the audience, shaking hands, taking selfies, telling people you know, great advice. And that's really the atmosphere we created for this conference. It's uh, CR8 is our trademarked create, createconference.com, CR8conference.com. I'm really excited that you're gonna be there, Coach. Uh, let me ask you one like kind of wrap up question. And, and not just based on the event, but on all of your entrepreneurial spirit. What does create mean to you? 
I think we are hardwired to create. I think when we suppress that drive, I think we're hardwired to take dominion. I think we're hardwired to move forward. I think we're most unhappy when we are stagnant because I think there's only three states of energy. There's, there, there, there is dynamic, static, and entropic. And I think I'm most alive, David, when I'm creating. I'm most alive when I'm involved in something. Like when, when I think about my prey drive, my prey drive is not activated by the competition of being number one. My prey drive is really activated when I am in pursuit of creating something new. That's why the greatness factories mean something to me. That's why the greatness factor for kids matters to me because I'm creating something. That, that's, that's, that's why I think that getting that in your mind that you are hardwired to create something is very important. That's awesome. Well, we're going to create something together this year at the conference. I really appreciate your time. I hope that uh, our audience starts to interact with you because you are inspirational, motivational, and I love that I know for certainty, you know, with our, our similar backgrounds, that you will hold people accountable to their success. And uh, that's, that's real integrity that we need nowadays in the entrepreneurial community. So thank you so much for being on the Create Your Future podcast. And I'll be excited to see you soon. Listen, you put together maybe the best lineup of any docket I'm speaking on this year. I'm speaking this weekend with Milet and Tim Grover. And, and so listen, when I saw the lineup you keep adding to, I'm like, man, this is ridiculous. Like, like, like I would, I You're going to get money. five minutes on stage, Coach Burt. No, I'd I, I pay money to come to this conference. I'm telling oh, you. I, I, I appreciate that. Congratulations, man. It's impressive what you've done. Thank you, Coach. I really appreciate your time. And uh, we're going to sign off here on the Create Your Future podcast, where entrepreneurs tell you their origin story and their future create to help you succeed in life. Thanks so much for joining us. And...